Hello, and welcome to the show. So, very happy to bring you a dear love friend that I didn't know was going to end up being a dear love friend. But that's how it goes when you are speaking from your heart to people. So, tiny tidbit, I met Sarah a few years ago. She's a She's a healthcare attorney. She's a bad ass with this beautiful <laughs> smile and this gorgeous woman who knows her stuff. Mm -hmm. And I met her and I was like, I remember when I met Sarah, she probably doesn't know this. And I was like, who is this girl? And I remember introducing you to somebody and they were like, yo like who is this what is happening she is this energy amazing woman i'm like i know but before i show you sarah in all her glory who talks to you and gives you the greatest information you could possibly want to know between healthcare, masks and you know the latest and greatest show the tiger king Obviously, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, who's not watching The Tiger King? If you want to completely check out of what's happening in the world, that's the show. And I'm not getting paid for that. But um, I have these two. I'm just doing this for you guys, okay? This is the needle-free serum for Botox. Look at, look at, see this, everybody? Yeah, go in there. Wait, you go, Sarah. Say something. Oh, yeah. I, I'm definitely in need. You can't yeah. see it too clearly on the camera. In the mirror, it's showing up. Well, you can see mine. Okay. Needle-free Botox. Listen, don't, don't call me, but shoot me some message and I'll, I'll hook you up with uh, Amber Salon Sustainability. Just start following them, please, because she's going to be sold out in five minutes. I'm not going to show them the other one yet. I'm going to show them later. So Sarah Kate. Look, I almost called you Sarah Casey. Sarah Casey just got married and is now Sarah Connolly. Legal, baby. Bring it on. Tell everybody who you are and why you're so awesome. <laughs> well, you already set the bar high, Sharon, and everything you said, ditto. I, I, since we met, I was so impressed with you're no bullshit. I mean, you tell it like it is, um, but you are kind and an empath and all of those things wrapped into one amazing package. And honestly, it's really what people need right now. I'm realizing as I talk to clients and friends and colleagues that everybody is feeling the informational and the emotional overload right now. And they just want to know, number one, how do I keep myself and my loved ones safe? And they want to know, you know, where is this going? And the, all of the well-intentioned information we're seeing, everything from the CDC to the media to, you know, your, what your neighbor will tell you if they can bend your ear um, is all very well intentioned but it really is overwhelming people um, and CDC is a great example they speak like academics they put out a lot of great information but we've started to joke that the most important thing is always at the bottom the simple graphic the few bullet points is like after you get through the weeds so I'm realizing that it's a really good opportunity for me to use my platform and the fact that I'm really in the weeds on this stuff I have clients in long-term care that are desperate desperately in need of this kind of um, information and education that I can use my platform to make it simple and accessible and positive as we're all in this fight together. So thank you so much for giving me that opportunity. I feel the weight of that responsibility to get that message out. And she's not exaggerating. <laughs> she wants this message out and I couldn't wait to um, spend this time with you because you have been an incredible resource to my clients, my doctors. And, you know, Sarah's the kind of girl that woman, boss lady, badass, that will do something for you and not get paid for it. But that ain't happening no more. She was, so me seven years ago on this wonderfully guided uh, broken road tour as an empath as a giver 
always wants to give out so much and be that resource and help and help and help. It becomes depleting to the soul at some point. And Sarah, knowing how great she is and how much information she would always help my clients. And then, you know, they would turn into clients. So when they realize like this woman is phenomenal and you know, it's like nobody expects to have this healthcare attorney who's bright and bubbly and is okay wearing like a leopard shirt on my show. And I love that so much about you. And I've had the great honor of meeting your new luckiest husband in the world. He's such a nice guy. Sean, as they say in New York, Sean. But as they say here, Sean. Does everybody call him Sean or Sean? What do they call him? He's originally from New York. It's his dirty little secret because he grew up in South Florida, but it depends on what relative you talk to on how you pronounce Sean Conley. <laughs> he is a rock star. He's been uh, working with a big local health system. I don't want to uh, give too much away, but he's been cranking out messaging on testing and COVID to the masses and, and running on fumes like all of us on a couple hours of sleep a night and making it look easy. And he's still my Zen uh, happy place that we all need. Uh, you know, we, we are joking about my leopard print I'm wearing in, in honor of Tiger King, um, did rent the runway, all animal prints for the next few days. Because um, a little bit of levity goes a long way. Um, and I'm okay making fun of myself and getting out of my comfort zone and kind of shaking things up. I'm doing trivia with my friends and family this weekend, all Tiger King themed. Love it. Oh. I'm happy to share that. If people want the questions and they want to do their own, I'd be happy to. But I, between the, the trying to spread the positivity and trying to educate in a simple way, I am happy to share. I have one pagers on the mass on what qualifies as an essential business or essential activities, um, cleaning materials. That is all free resources that I am absolutely happy to share with the masses because we need that. It is so hard to find that easy and digestible information that yeah. right now I'm, I'm blessed to be busy and, and a lot of people are home kind of in the fields and trying to figure out how to make it through this time. Yeah. And I have some things that I think can really help. And, and that's what I'm trying to do today. Yeah, so we'll include those links if we can in the show. Absolutely. So people can have access to that. Um, Sarah is so many things, but I think that I, we had this quick conversation prior because um, I'm the most transparent, well, I feel like the most transparent human out there sometimes. I was having a, a, a moment because I heard about a loss of a friend's um, younger brother. And I, you know, I had lost my, my shit first thing this morning. And I thought, now I'm going to, I have three interviews today and, you know, going to, we have to go into boss lady mode and we are going to get through this together. And you are absolutely right. We need to bring levity we need to bring education, a little levity, a lot of love, and so much kindness. And you have been so gracious, um, and I don't want that to go without uh, making that statement that you are willing and able to help being as busy as you are. And this is why we're doing this, because we can get out as much information as possible to help our community and then, you know, take it and, and pass it on. And we want you to do the same. We want you to do the same. So I'm, I'm calling out before Sarah tells you about what's happening in these assisted living um, facilities that she knows more about than I do, that um, if we, if you doctors, therapists, acupuncturists, healers of the world can spare an hour a day to give some levity and some comfort to some of these amazing seniors who raised us to give your resources back via Zoom. I'm calling you out and we're going to have you connect with Sarah so she could bring those resources to her community. So please tell everybody what's been happening on those lines without specifics. 
Sure. Well, I do have senior living clients that are desperate for volunteers to speak to their healthcare worker. What we're seeing this week, and I know we're seeing this in the news cycle, but the reality is, is that the wave of infections that happened before we took all of these stay at home, social distancing measures is now starting to hit where unfortunately people are passing away. I know you're seeing the numbers and we are uh, encouraged that we're starting to see the curve flatten, but the healthcare workers are seeing people pass away that they've, you know, worked with, connected with, loved over the years, and it's devastating. They're terrified about what they might be bringing home to their family members. They are supposed to be the rocks and the calm in the storm. Uh, you know, they're trained, they're supplied, they're, they're fighting the good fight, but they're human too. And we're realizing that our, in addition to keeping everybody safe, we have a responsibility to give them the tools for their mental health as well. So I have, and I'll be sending out some client information and blasting it all over social, but a call to action for social workers, mental health counselors, um, you know, licensed or unlicensed, meaning it can be green Yeah. Yes, they need it desperately. They want to set up at least a weekly one hour session. If you have experience in group session and Zoom, that's ideal because that's the platform we would use. But we are very much uh, looking for folks that will spread the love, help boost morale, help calm and comfort. Uh, and we really need help on that. So I will uh, throw myself out there on the front lines first to say I'm not a doctor. I'm not a therapist. I am an author of a book as somebody who suffers greatly with mental health issues, um, addiction, um, alcoholism, depression, and then recovered. So that's number one. Number two, I would be, I'm going to, I'm going to ask every single person that I know to help right now with this. And I know that they will because they are wellness warriors I will also, and it's, you know what, when we help others, we, we feel good. So as somebody who's been in recovery for 25 years, nobody knows that better than me and the people that are in recovery. So even if it's just, I am happy to help facilitate some of the Zooms because I am doing that right now with my 12-step recovery group because everybody that is in recovery right now, a lot of them are older and they don't know how to use this technology. And once they figure it out, I mean, oh God, I'm doing it with karaoke, with the family, you know, I mean, I'm willing to do it to help and bring the smiles and the relief and to what we really need to do, Sarah, is all we need to do is just help people not feel so alone. Yeah, we need to love on each other. We need to love on each other. We're, we're also launching what I'm calling Smile Behind the Mask. And I have my happy mask for demonstration today. We're going to give some people some really good info on homemade masks. You can see mine has unicorn kitty rainbows. Um, <laughs> most people, and I'll, I'll show you mine because you can see when I smile too because I'm a squinty apple-cheeked person, um, but the smile behind the mask, I mean, there are volunteers that are sewing these, putting their blood, sweat, and tears into making these um, for the good of others and wanting to spread that love and, and help protect others, and that smile behind the mask, uh, you know, whether it's a fun pattern or just acknowledging that somebody did that for you because they care about you, even though they don't know you, um, I, I would love to see that take off because, uh, we all need that positivity and I my again I want you to show everybody what it looks like yes when you're not smiling yes and then when you are smiling so do yes. it slow for everybody absolutely and note using the straps or ties do not touch the front of your mask because that's where god forbid you came in contact with the virus that's where it would be trapped so always use your use your ties hmm. So this is how you would look if you were just serious all the time and you're seeing people, maybe you're a healthcare worker, maybe you're, um, who, whatever it is, you're out. And I went to the post office the other day, everybody had a mask on mm -hmm. and nobody was smiling. I can promise yeah. you. 
And yeah. I would have loved to have seen somebody hashtag smile behind the mask that Sarah owns and is pushing out there because it's wonderful. So now do serious real quick. And now I want you to smile. Look at that. <laughs> I am beaming. <laughs> yes. I want to spread the joy and love. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and smiling is a dopamine hit. It literally tricks your brain. Even if you want to cry and break down, just the act of smiling releases dopamine, releases endorphins. It's also contagious, meaning if you smile at a loved one, they have mirror neurons that fire in their brain and smile back. It's literally contagious. I so let's that. own that the fact that we have to have these over our faces sucks. Things are shitty right now. Yeah. But let's keep smiling at each other. Let's wear kitten unicorns. Let's yeah. Keep cranking out masks. Um, masks for medical workers in Tampa Bay has, I think they're at 5,000 or more masks that they've cranked out in a few days and the membership is going through the roof. It's an amazing organization. Be Swanky, Gretchen Bauer and her team, they make handbags, but right now they're making masks for people. I mean, the good that we're seeing, that this is bringing out the best in people, keep putting out that messaging because we all need to hear it and we should be smiling at each other even when you can't see it. Yeah, no, you're so 100% right. And um, I've been, uh, funny enough, Lady Gaga taught me this term. I don't know her personally, but when I had the great honor with my girlfriend Theo to go see Oprah back in January, Lady Gaga was the speaker and she was talking about um, mental health and she was talking about all the issues that she had because the more people that do that, the more people that speak up and, and share their adversities and then show their triumphs, there's hope, right? So behind the mask with a smile is, is a, a sign of hope. So she said, um, pr pr she's practicing opposite action. I just, I can't tell you how much I love this. So I'm gonna tell you what that means to me. I'm an introvert. Nobody believes it. It doesn't matter. Look up what an introvert really is. My picture should be right next to it. I can do this. I could be on television. I could be on Facebook. I could speak in front of hundreds of people, but I just want to be home in my eating clothes. Okay. I'm way more comfortable with the UPS hat on because he is an essential worker, baby. And he's out there for us. So she said that she is practicing opposite action, which is all the things that we're hearing today. Call a friend offer help, be kind, smile at somebody. I was walking down the street the other day with my husband walking the dog and our cat, because our cat comes with us. And um, I went over to the neighbor and I asked if I can get them anything when I ran to the store. Now, that's something, it's such a small thing. But my husband goes, I can't believe you talked to our neighbor. Because I, I just don't do that. I grew up with a father, we just, we didn't talk to neighbors. It's New York, I don't know what that was about. He was very protective of us. And it's ingrained in me now, but I did opposite action, out of my comfort zone. And I think that we all need to practice that, calling people, calling our loved ones. How great, um, I'm sure, I'm sure you are exposed to talking and seeing so many seniors and the people that are working with them. I purposely call my mom and dad right now, even though they're very young, like they would hate to think I would ever call them seniors. They don't even think they're old. But I call them with um, the Memoji. And I do a different accent every time I call. So I, you know, because I want them to laugh and I want them to smile and I'll put my dog in the background or it's always FaceTime now. I've never done FaceTime. I hate FaceTime, but now I will do it because I'm practicing opposite action and I want everybody to practice opposite action behind that mask. You know, smiling behind that mask is going to bring comfort to somebody when they're so scared. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. And Sharon, you're an example of somebody that if I hadn't read your book or didn't know you better would think she's bulletproof. She's a badass boss lady. She's the most confident person I know. And you've shared in, in such a raw and real way what your struggle has been. And 
call the strongest person you know because they're crying too and i'm i'm a good example i have cried each time we've gotten the news of somebody passing my little old ladies or little old men in our our assisted living communities i hope i don't lose that rawness and that empathy and that emotional reaction because that's what's keeping me going is trying to protect those people and trying to protect the people that are serving them and that's it's okay within a day to go from crying to heroics and back again. I'm going to continue to show up for my clients. I'm going to continue to educate and be strong. And I'm also going to cry because that is what we need to make it through this thing and making it okay for that to happen. I, I had a leadership team call where one of our people broke down and started to cry. And I took a moment to say, this is okay. This is how we're all feeling. And your struggle is shared and we're here for this. And there is nothing about your tears that is uh, that you should be ashamed of. Uh, Brene Brown and her vulnerability, if you've never seen that text, talk um that's what we're living right now and there's no such thing as shame there's no such thing as as not being able to cry as a matter of fact it's usually something that's cathartic and can get you back to your baseline make you feel better oh, you are not wrong about that girl i have i shared with you i was crying when i got on this before with you because i felt safe and i i, I usually cry more with my strong friends and I, you know what is so interesting? I will tell you something so interesting. This is the power of human connection. I have another friend who is a big boss lady, amazing woman who has helped so many of us break through the ceiling that lost her son not too long ago. And imagine being in quarantine, knowing that you have lost your child and not being able to hug somebody or whatever it is. And I think the the greatest lesson I learned about showing others compassion and showing up for people, even if you're uncomfortable or don't know what to say, was um, through 9-11. And my best friend at the time had lost her dad. And, um, and it was her birthday on 9-11. Mm. So I was there every day. And I'm not saying that uh, to brag. I just... I knew that from my own experience as somebody who has suffered so much adversity and pain and people, because of who strong women especially are, people think, oh, they're fine or they're just okay. They're going to get through it. Well, you know, I had to be asked to leave, which, you know, it's typical me. <laughs> Was finally, I think the whole family was sick of me. They were like, you're, you have to go home, Sharon. Like, thank you for being here. But, and I purposely have reached out in some manner almost every day. And what people say to me when somebody passes or when there's loss or is, I don't know what to say. And then they choose to say nothing. That's the worst thing at this time to do. We have to, right? Like Absolutely. Sarah, if I it. And yeah. realize that there is no right thing. If somebody has lost a relative or a friend, there's nothing you can say other than, I am so sorry. And do you want to tell me how you feel? And you'll see reactions from breaking down in tears to stony face silence. Those are just different forms of grief. Mm -hmm. And just the fact that you reached out and let them know you're there and that you care is so very meaningful. Meaningful. And knowing that, look, you can't fix it, but you can provide a safety net or support that someone may desperately need. And the irony in all of that is that when I was having that day of very emotional uh, crying through all of what's going on with COVID-19 and listening to everybody's pain, that woman who lost somebody reached out to me. Yeah, that comes full circle. It does come full circle. Yes. So um, getting back to you being a healthcare attorney, <laughs> I mean, you know, we are in such trying times right now and it's a temporary new normal. And I've been asking everybody that can to keep showing up for others. You have shown up 
in, in such big ways. I'm so appreciative that you came on here today to, to give your resources, but I, I don't want to not give the community whatever they need. So I know there's a lot of doctors and dentists and just people in healthcare in general that are going through it in terms of their businesses and small business. If you could leave us with some type of advice for selfishly for my medical community of what you believe that they should do or tips or whatever, please uh, feel free to share. Absolutely. So healthcare businesses and essential businesses in general, um, are worried about the steps that they need to be taking to protect their team. So these are the people that have to get up and go to work every day, despite knowing what's out there. And uh, healthcare providers have been here before, nothing of this kind of scope, but the training and the supplies and their experience is extremely valuable. I keep reminding them of that, that you are ready for this. You're ready to fight the good fight. You've been in the trenches before, but they uh, are asking good questions about their family, right? And other essential businesses that don't have that experience, this is new to them. So one of the things I'm getting a lot of really good questions about is the homemade masks. And the CDC came out and said, everybody that's out in public should be wearing a mask. And that is both for the protection of the person who's wearing it and for the protection of others who should also be wearing it. Okay. Because and I'm going to stop because I need to clarify this for myself. Yes. And my husband and my family and my parents and all that. I have seen everybody out there with masks. I don't have one. I'm not wearing one. I am barely going out. That's the truth. I have gone out. It feels weird when I go out. I haven't driven in my car much. You know, I'm trying not to put any more CO2 out into the atmosphere, along with everybody else giving Mother Earth a bit of a break. I'm looking at the positive side, right, about what things can be done. And I've seen a lot of people, and I see all the seniors wearing masks, and I feel great about seeing that. So. From somebody who, I always like to say, so for the humans on the outside of the medical industry or the healthcare industry or the legal healthcare industry, say it again, what we need to do as the public, if I go out of my house today, are you saying I should be wearing a mask? Yes. Number one, you should be staying home whenever possible. Yes, so all of those right. cautions, absolutely. But I think some people psychologically may think, oh, well, if I'm wearing the mask, then I'm protected and I can go out more. Mm -hmm. And that is not the case. What the CDC can't say in so many words that I can is that they can't tell you how effective your homemade mask is when they don't know what it's made out of, they don't know how well it fits you, they don't know if you're using it properly. What they do know is that it's better than nothing. Mm -hmm. And they also know that this virus is getting tra transmitted a lot of times when people are asymptomatic. So yeah. you might be feeling fine, you might generally be self-isolating, your family might be okay, but the reality is you may still be carrying it, and shame on you if you aren't taking steps to protect others, and, and absolutely staying home first and foremost. Thank you Social for saying that, Sarah. Can yes. you say it again? Yes. Really, this is a very big problem, especially for me, and I'm, I'll call it out as much as I can, too, because, you know... I know people that are still going to recovery meetings, not in just Florida, in New York. I know this. So that's my limited world, right? And I'm not, I never tell people what to do. I never, because it's against everything I believe in. I believe, but when it comes to protecting other humans and loved ones, I don't have any patience at all for this. So I think if you, I don't think the message is strong enough. It's definitely not. It's definitely not strong enough. I'm not hearing it enough. I'm also telling people do not buy N95s or CE certified masks. Do not buy medical masks because the people that are saving your life and the lives of the, those that are vulnerable and sick need them. So absolutely 
a homemade mask. They don't have to be sewn. If you go to the CDC website, we will provide these resources so people can, can look. But they, uh, bandanas, other types of things that you can tie tightly to your face and you know you don't have to be a sewer uh, to take some level of protection. But the number one thing is staying home unless it's really and truly urgent. You need medication. Um, you can't get groceries delivered. In the era of Chipped and Instacart, I don't see why you can't have them delivered to your house. Um, get on Zoom, get on GoToMeeting, get on FaceTime. There's a zillion ways that you can otherwise connect and get access to what you need without leaving your house. And for those of you that do have to leave, and there's so many essential workers that are either supporting essential businesses or restaurants. I mean, how many people outside of healthcare, UPS, uh, mail, shipping delivery, that have to be out and about? Sarah. And, yeah. He's not and, a mask. And he should be. Uh, well, this wait is a minute, because I don't have one. I'm wearing the hat. I don't give one shit who gets upset about this. If UPS, you want to reach out to me, I don't give one shit. They are not providing masks. And they, abs and they absolutely them should to be. wear a mask. Right. So when I, yep. go, when I go to Publix, which I won't go to anymore, I will get on Instacart again. I can wait. I don't need one thing. Right? Yeah. I have plenty in the pantry. When I see everybody without the masks on, it's obvious that the message isn't getting out. So what can, let's go ahead. I'm obsessed. So, yes. So in addition to wearing them, it's really crucial that you use them safely. And this is the other thing we're not hearing enough about, which is how do you use it? How do you wash it? What should it be made of? And I'll give the high level on that. Do not touch the front. Make sure you're touching the elastic or the ties. You should tie the top one first, tie the bottom one second. If they're ties, make sure it's tight to your face. That's what makes it really effective. It has to be, a, it should be a tightly woven fabric so that less gets through, but it's gotta be comfortable enough for you to breathe through. So cotton blends, some synthetic blends that you can still comfortably breathe through. If you can't, you're gonna be adjusting it. You're gonna be pulling it down on your neck. You're gonna be playing with it. And all of that increases the risk of spreading it as opposed to preventing it. So, so Sarah, what about all of the families that are taking their kids out and nobody's wearing a mask and everybody's bike riding, which I'm thrilled to see. I, you know, I walked the bridge last night and now I'm like, I'm just going to call, I'll call myself out. I don't care if this brings some attention to, you know, I, I'm ignorant to this too right now. I went for a walk with my husband. We walked over the Bel Air Causeway. I, nobody was wearing masks. Yeah, so I think this is this is part of the learning curve that we're climbing, right? Meaning, yeah. and I also realize not everybody has access to one. Mm -hmm. So some of this is educating people that bandanas or other types of cloth that you can tie is, again, better than nothing. So even if you don't have one that's hand-sewn and fits the pattern and all of that, it can still be effective. But it is clear from CDC guidance that we should be wearing them both for the people you're coming into contact and for yourself. Now, exercise, getting outdoors, that's my saving grace right now. My spin studio, Central Cycling, donated a bike for us to work out at home um, almost every day. It's an absolute lifesaver. My husband and I are taking walks daily, and we are- With a mask on? With a mask on, with my kitten unicorns, and he's got one that's got a dog pattern on it. Um, but absolutely, we're wearing them. I do understand that not everybody has one, but you can make one at home and should. And when you go out, social distancing is at least six feet, but it should really be, I'm big on waving to my neighbors as I cross to the other side of the street. I mean, the more you can cut down on any kind of close contact, you don't know whether that person is sick. You don't know whether they could be completely asymptomatic and still uh, be contagious. Um, this is just a, a better safe than sorry type of measure, but you have to be using them safely, cleaning them often. If they get damp or soiled, you need to wash them right away. Um, the CDC has this long list of different chemical compounds on what you should be using. The reality is anything that's Clorox, Lysol, or has bleach, 
is very effective. Um, hot water, hand hygiene before and after. My husband and I call them the happy birthdays because it just sounds more positive than wash your hands. Mm -hmm. Two full songs of happy birthday, between the fingers, under the nails, up to the wrist, hot water. I mean, these are things that are, are basic steps that are the most effective for stopping the spread of this virus. Let and that's shown to be- philosophy on why um, this is getting dare I say, like watered down. So I brought to you before when I was crying that I, you know, uh, say all the time, reach out to your strong friends and hardly anybody, this isn't a plea for you to reach out to me, I'm fine now. But that hardly anybody reached out to me and I cried myself through it and the strong friends I needed did reach out. But People, you know, I said, well, people read my book. I, I mean, I talk about like, you have to reach out and we have to check on each other and it doesn't go away. I mean, I've said, if I'm in the dark too long, I get depressed, da, da, da. but it just shows it's, it's almost like, you know, when a celebrity dies, it's like everybody mourns for, you know, like 24 hours and then boom, done, we're back to living. Or, or somebody in your family dies and like the funeral and then everybody goes away and then boom, back to normal. Because humans, we're so resilient and we get back, right? And we forget. That's the good news. And I'm sorry to interrupt you, Sharon, but that's the good news is that the steps that we're taking are working. We are seeing the curve. No, no, no. I, you have to let me finish my point. My yeah. point is this. And then I want you to tell me that. Yeah. All of, we saw every single day about the hand washing. I'm, I'm going to be the one. I'll call out myself. I'm not washing my hands as long. I'm still washing my hands. Look, I have all of this stuff on my desk. Like I'm washing, I have lavender spray. I'm antibacterial. I think I'm, I'm safe before getting obsessive. But I'm telling you, I know, because I, I see it in my own house that we're slipping back a little bit. And that's what happens. We're like, because we, we can't see it and we can't touch it. So the, that goes away. And I needed, I needed you to say these things today to me. Fuck everybody else. <laughs> of course. No, but I'm trying to get this message across really, really strong. And I feel like sometimes, you know, you, you can't say fuck this on television. <laughs> you can say it here. <laughs> because I want people to understand, like, I want myself to understand that Time has this unbelievable way of, of, of making people forget. So when I was even on the bridge last night and somebody didn't move, I was like, eh, it's fine. I thought about it. I, we need to hear you, Sarah. We need to hear you say it. And there's something kind of magical about it not being a doctor because I will call it out too that doctors are not wearing masks. Yes. So um, I'm, I'm, I have my moments too. I just realized I touched my face. As soon as we get off this, I need to go do my happy birthdays. And they're not, -na 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 -na. it's right. two, happy two full happy birthdays. And that's how long it has to be. And that's how hot the water has to be. Like, let's not lose sight of that because that is so, so crucial. Here's the good and the bad news because you need to hear both. The good news is, is that the curve is starting to flatten, including in the devastated places like California and New York, where the, the measures, social distancing, group functions, all of those steps that we've taken are working. Here's the bad news. We are not out of the woods yet. As a matter of fact, we are about at the halfway point. And even when it's time to relax some of these and start reopening businesses and starting to get to back to normal or our new normal, there's still going to be a secondary wave of infection. People that haven't been exposed before that may come into contact with it. I anticipate, or this is what smart clinicians and virologists and epidemiologists are saying, is that it's going to need to be a gradual relaxing, not a, oh, we all get to go outside and have a big party and hug each other. 
because unfortunately that's just not how the the course of a virus works and until we're at the point that we've got a really awesome uh, vaccine which is going to be many months out before we know that it works and can roll it out um, that is our new reality so keep doing what you're doing because it's working but we're not stopping anytime soon so start thinking about this as a marathon not a sprint and start uh, uh, if you haven't already gotten on board with remote work and pivoting and 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 doing all of those steps now's the time in fact you're behind the eight ball if you're not taking those steps so I, I cannot stress that enough yeah well I I'm very happy that you're speaking the truth to us because uh, I need as many truth slayers in my life as possible because I needed to be reminded and I think that I'm a pretty, you know, when it comes to practical and common sense, I feel like I'm, I'm the only one fighting for it. I mean, I had a fight for my stepson to not go to a doctor's office to have a follow-up exam. I had to beg my husband not to go in for his checkup. You know, I'm, he knows, everybody knows, I just call the stuff out. I'll say it just like it is because it's not about us. It's not about me. I do believe too that as a healthy, younger woman, that even if I got it, I will be one of the statistics where I will get healthy again. We have to think about the people that have those compromised immune systems. And I don't actually need to have a doctor on this show to say that. I want more people that are in this and that are watching, that are working with assisted living facilities, that see the reality, that are reading, like you were reading some contracts and some information about the CDC that will put my ass to sleep. I need Sarah the summary lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let, let me summarize when to call your doctor and when to see your doctor. This, this is, is fantastic. This Take is breath, everybody. Yes. The biggest issue with this virus, aside from the very tragic uh, number of people that it's going to impact and the number of people that will pass, the biggest issue is that our healthcare system is not equipped for a massive influx of patients all at the same time. And knowing how acute COVID patients are and how specialized the equipment between ventilators and all of the things that you need to treat and beat this thing. And we are seeing cases where people are beating it and getting sent back home and coming out the other side. That's the good news is the vast majority of people will get it and not know it or have mild symptoms and come out the other side and have some immunity to it. So that's the great news. The bad news is, is that we are not equipped for, if you aren't taking these steps and more people are getting sick, we're not ready to treat all of these people. We saw it in Italy, we saw it in Spain. These are, these are our civilized, well-prepared countries that got completely blindsided. So let's learn the lesson. We My are cousin Colleen is in Italy. In quarantine, everybody. Yes. By Irish yep. teaching Italian in Italy has yes. not left. So yes. she is like begging us while we're doing karaoke Saturday nights to just watch what's happening there. This isn't state to state. This is a global pandemic. Absolutely. And that means that routine visits, no way. Uh, anything in person, no way. The people that need to call their doctor and need to seek additional uh, treatment and diagnosis are the ones that are exhibiting active symptoms. And look, I'm, uh, you're right, I'm not a physician, I'm not diagnosing you, but I can tell you the things to watch out for. And some of this is breaking, breaking news. Yes, it's upper respiratory, chest pressure, um, all of the things that we're hearing in the, in the chest and lungs. They're also seeing um, severe stomach cramps, diarrhea, loss of taste or smell, sudden onset of things like that are additional uh, ways that this virus is presenting that you need to be looking out for. We're not talking about, uh, you know, if someone has a chronic condition, heart, lung, diabetes, immunocompromised, 
I want you to have the direct line to your doctor. You need to, you need to be self-monitoring. You need to be taking your temperature. Anything that gets over 100.4, you need to call right away. And you need uh, to be using telehealth, thank and you. And you need to be using telehealth because the other thing that people aren't realizing is that if you go to an acute setting, like an emergency room, even an urgent care, that can oftentimes expose you to the virus and you might contract it even though it might be something else that you're having symptoms of. So you absolutely need to get on with a telehealth doctor. You need to be extra, extra careful if you're over the age of 60 or you have any of those pre-existing conditions that I talked about, any rapid decline. I mean, those are the exact things you should be calling your doctor or if it's bad, calling 911. But you should not be going to your routine checkups. You should be touching base with even your cardiologist, right? Somebody who they are the ones that will tell you, yes, you must have this now for your health and safety, or this can wait three months and I'll, I'll do a verbal check-in with you and everything looks great. Uh, you know, your annual PCP visit, no way. You can get your blood work done in 90 days. Say that again. So yes, your annual PCP visit, primary care, absolutely not. Anything that's routine maintenance, right now you are, you are, responsible for taking care of our healthcare workers. And that means having them focused on the most acute cases and the people that are sick with COVID or the people that have other health conditions that need urgent care. So you do need to be monitoring yourself. You do need to be checking for any additional CDC information on other symptoms to watch out for, anything that's sudden onset, rapid decline, or not responding to medication. But if you're just, you know, seasonal allergies are bad right now, call your doctor and say, is this allergies or COVID? Because they're the ones that can make that clinical de determination. And the worst thing you could do is go to the emergency room, overreact, say I have COVID, and maybe come into contact with it when it was really just the pollen is terrible right now. Right, it so is. I can't say that enough. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, um, you know, in speaking to my, um, my fave dermatologist in New York, who, of course, they are going through it in such a massive way, um, it is unbelievable. So there are certain doctors doing emergency visits, right? So if he can prevent... He has this, had this pregnant woman who had an abscess from going in to urgent care or the hospital. That, yes? Yes. Pregnancy is another higher risk category. So if you're pregnant, you want to be that much more careful about symptoms. And your doctor saying, don't go to the hospital because I can prescribe something remotely. You can treat yourself at home. That is ideal because again, you don't want to be in a healthcare setting that all of them have some level of COVID right now. So you right. are taking a risk if you don't reach out to a physician first to see if you should go. And I promise they'll send you if you need it. They will send you if they need it. They are, they are not going to mess around with this thing. Sarah, let's say this again. You can call on the telephone first. You must. You, you must. must. You must not go. You must call. And then if they say you must, you go. But call exactly. first. Telehealth first. Telehealth first. As soon as I found out that Cooper was going to a dermatologist, I had a big old fit, called the office, got him on telehealth. Two, $20 for three minutes. Do the math, people. I've been saying this on every single podcast, on every single telehealth as possible. So this is good for business, docs, you know, because I am Sharon Feckety, the doctor whisperer. I talk about the business of medicine. So imagine the conflict that I have internally to have a conversation about people not going into the office unless they have to, because I get paid, just so y'all know, by people that have businesses. So how good is it for me to talk about the business of medicine and people not going to the doctor? Not great for business. But what is more important to me is you. And your doctor would say the same thing. You're the most important thing and your safety is the most important thing. And they are the ones. I'm going to call it out, Sarah. That is not true. Mm. Mm. So let's just all, all take a breath for a second. Go ahead. I, if I had to lose every single client known to man, guess what? 
I wrote a book about mental health and I was homeless and I wanted to kill myself. I will reinvent myself. It is way more important for me to say to you that I want you to listen to this message. Listen, in a million years, I'm quite sure Sarah and I, as we started out, remember that we were talking about fun things like, you know, the, the Tiger King and, you know, singing and I was crying and, you know, nothing in the world matters right now except for each other. Business yes. come back. Yes, absolutely. We reinvent ourselves. Absolutely, absolutely. And if I, I also want people to understand that even if, and that goes for testing too, going for testing, the act of coming into contact with people that are, you'll see if you go for testing, uh, they have all of the PPE on. They have to protect themselves because they're coming into contact with sick people, close contact with sick people. Don't go unless you're ordered to go because well, they're going to get sick. That's exactly right. And the other thing that people need to understand for those mild symptoms, there are a lot of things that you can do at home to, to protect yourself and protect your loved ones. Uh, uh, using a different bathroom if you have a, another bathroom to use. Keeping do. down all of your high touch surfaces, doing that obsessive OCD cleaning every single day. Sleep apart if you can. I, I know we want to snuggle each other, but if you've got another bedroom where you can self-isolate, that's a good idea too. Well, hold up a minute. You just got married. You're going to try to tell me that you are not sleeping with your new husband? No, we're totally canoodling. And <laughs> if, if one of us did get sick, then we yes, have to have of a decision. And, and we're yeah. going to not have... Rob would be sleeping in the garage. Exactly. That's a great point too. If you're a healthcare worker or an essential worker, um, strip in your garage, take your clothes off, put them right into the wash. Do hand hygiene the moment you get home, two full happy birthdays with hot water. Those are all things that there's, there's because you're hearing the news about uh, this virus living on surfaces, what they're talking about is trace amounts. Viruses die. They have half-lives. They, they die quickly on when they don't have a host. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't be taking all of these steps. You should be wiping everything down. You should be uh, as, as safe as you possibly can be. But I don't want people to panic that just because you've been outside or just because you've been in a, a business that you're, you're covered in it. There are really practical steps that you can take, meaning those things I just described, to protect yourself and your loved ones at home, whether you're symptomatic or not, but especially if you have some mild symptoms that will help uh that Sarah, that's i'm going to ask you a hard question yes why should people listen to you you're a lawyer <laughs> because because i am in it and by that i mean i am day in day out right now i'm working with two epidemiologists in two different states on active covid infection with my clients and getting up to the minute education that i can help cut through all of the bullshit and the background noise and tell you what you need to know and there's a lot of media sens sensationalism and of almost a CYA attitude, right? If I just over-educate and tell you everything, then you draw your own conclusions and I've given you all the information, so it, now it's on you. When the reality is a lot of these sources, World Health Organization, CDC, your states, your, your executive orders, all of these things, what they're not admitting is that with the virus, you learn as you go. So what they told you two weeks ago is not what they're telling you now. And what they tell you in two weeks is not what they're going to be telling you now. So you have to be watching for those key things and, and taking those key steps that will uh, protect you as we learn more. That is true of any uh, progression of any disease. And anybody that's telling you that they know exactly what to do right now, today, is, is full oh, of it. Oh, shit. We're learning it as we go, and you have to almost make peace with the fact that I'm going to have to roll with the punches. I'm going to have to absorb something new tomorrow that I didn't know today, and that is going to be part of this learning curve that we are all climbing. Okay. Well, now let's just take a moment, you and I, Sarah, to do a little breathing. 
podcast. I'd love to. Namaste. I, I am 100% the exact opposite of ever trying to instill fear into anyone, especially as a sensitive, recovering alcoholic and drug addict that has suffered from depression. I do not spend time in fear. I do not spend time in sadness. And I do not spend time in anger. I have to release it. So let's just take one more breath together. I can promise you that Sarah and I are not here to scare you. We love you and we are only wanting to tell you the truth. And if I lost my business, I would not give a crap. I don't buy red bottom shoes. That's just a picture, everybody. We will all get through this, but we all have to think about others. And we all have to keep ourselves safe. And Sarah, this girl can sign. This girl can't sing. She can sign. You will see this because I will get her on here to sing. We have joy in our lives. We have fun. Remember, she's wearing tiger, whatever the hell print that is. We're here to, she's smiling behind the mask. But you can smile behind the mask and be informed. Please do not placate to ignorance because this was, for, uh, this was a great wake up call for me. I will, because of what Sarah has said today, we will have a family meeting tonight at the dinner table and we will have a discussion and I will somehow get a mask for my husband and I will think harder about our stepson going back and forth from his mother's house to my house. Aaron, we should all be doing that. I couldn't have said it better myself. We need to be very honest with each other. Right now, we need to both take this really seriously and lift each other up in equal parts because that's how we survive this thing and thrive after this is all over by hitting both of those things. And it's not really a request so much as a requirement. We all need to do our part for ourselves and for the greater good. I feel smarter. And I want to thank you for helping me feel smarter today because I forgot for a moment about how I need to be more vigilant about this. And I will be interviewing more doctors and I will be interrupting them <laughs> and bringing more healers to you. You know, when I think of Sarah as a healthcare attorney, I think of her as a healer. When I think about Ashley, who will be coming on, who is a spiritually connected woman to some higher force, I consider her in the healthcare industry. We have great resources. Um, I interviewed an acupuncturist yesterday who can mail you herbs to your home. You will do a telehealth with her. She will consult what you need and send it to your home. We don't need to leave. I'm going on Instacart. I'm going to buy food for my parents and for my family and we won't leave. And I will put you on the phone with my parents to talk to my mom and dad who are still going out to Publix with a mask. I know, okay. Sarah, but you know, it's, you know what's so funny about all of this? Not funny, I've had this conversation with you before. And New Yorkers always say this is so funny when it's not funny. I know too much because I'm in this industry. And I don't want to be the one calling out fear because I, you know, I am happy and da 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 But 
now is the time. You know, now is the time. We really need to get a little more serious about this and we need to, to help people. But sometimes the people that are closest to us, like my parents, um, my stepson, you know, I probably won't even talk to them tonight. I will just show them this video coming from you. Because anybody that is not me isn't quite obviously smarter than me. I don't know about all that, Sharon, you're brilliant. <laughs> but we do need to tapping into the resources that can give us this information. And that's all I'm trying to do is absorb that and say it in a way that you can understand from people way smarter than me. <laughs> right, and that's, that's, what, that's what we need practical. Because sometimes when we listen to, you know, the MD, the DO, whoever it is, or we listen to the government, or we listen to, you know, we need, like, I feel like that we're like these practical transcribers, transcribing it for the humans that might be like, oh, that's just fear, or that's just a, no, you are hearing it from a healthcare attorney who is in the mix that can deliver it with a smile behind a mask. So hashtag smile behind the mask, everybody. I'm going to get me one and I'm going to get one for Rob too. And I'd be happy to take one if anybody's watching that wants to mail me one safely. So thank you for joining us today, Sarah. I did not think it would be this long, but it is necessary. Karen, thank you so much for giving me a platform to spread this message, both of caution and joy and positivity. And we will make it through this together. Promise. Yes. <laughs> Dr. Whisperer Strong. That's exactly right. Sarah, Sarah Casey. Again, I said Sarah Casey. Sarah Connolly. SC, baby. Legal. Yes. Thank you so much, Sarah, for joining. Love you, Sharon. Thank you. Love you, too. Bye. Be well. Be safe. Mwah. Stay safe and stay away. Bye. Bye.